Hello, and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Unfounded Podcast. My name is Christopher Turner, and I am your host. Thank you for joining me here today in this beautiful day. As you can see, it's a beautiful sunny day here in Tucson, Arizona. And I am out at a place called Mission San Xavier del Plon. And this is one of the oldest uh, kind of missions in the region, if I'm not mistaken. I have it pulled up here on Wikipedia. Uh, for you guys. But like I've t said before, I really have been wanting to get some unique energies of places uh, going in the podcast so that you guys can kind of um, take advantage of those those places and those energies as well. And today has been a doozy in terms of that the last couple of days, actually, um, to start off, you know, the, the podcast today, I'm, I'm feeling and getting that you as a listener have been going through quite a bit yourself, um, that you're, you're kind of, uh, somewhat exhausted to a certain degree um and that these uh there's a somewhat of a are we nearing the end of this uh constant death and rebirth cycle uh and i'm getting right off the bat that yes we are um we're, we're coming to a time period where uh the, the a new earth is coming into being right and you're a part of that so uh that's really exciting it's a really exciting time to be a part of the human collective um a little bit about the mission so i've been here probably about i think this is my third or fourth time now and each time i tried to do a podcast this podcast and i actually got one of the days all the way into it about 20 minutes and the laptop that i was using died right and i kind of went into this and and fair enough but now i have a laptop and i have all of the kind of equipment to do it properly and so uh, i'm really excited to be on here um, giving you a little higher quality content from a location kind of like the Mount Lemon episode. Um, so I, like I said, this is the third or fourth time I'm finally out here and have some success. I came out here this morning kind of expecting just to go and explore like I did the other days. And the other days that I came here, it was it was pretty kind of, there wasn't a lot of people here. But today, for some reason, well, not for some reason, it's a Sunday, right? I failed to recognize that before I left, but it's a Sunday. So, uh, and this is still operational, a Catholic church, right? So there was mass going on and I'm baptized Catholic. So when I got here, I walked up and realized that and I, I took a little video. So I'll show you the video kind of cut in here as well. Um, so you can see the uh, church a little closer. And if I can get inside, I'll get you some shots of the inside too, because it's absolutely stunning. But um, I realized that I could go in as long as I had a mask. So I ran back to my car, found a mask in my center console, which is kind of important to the story later too. You'll find out why here in a second. And I came back in and sat through mass and it was absolutely beautiful. It was a really nice experience um, because it was a, it's a very traditional uh, old church. And you can feel that. You can feel the energy of all the people that have been there in the past. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the church that you're looking at here in this picture um, in the video up above me, that's uh, not the original church. I believe it was built um, a couple hundred years after the original one. Yeah, in 1770. So it was, um, this mission is from 1783 to 1797. So that's when it was kind of reconstituted from the original mission. I believe the original mission was somewhere behind me, actually. Um, it wasn't on this exact location. But off to the right-hand side, for those of you that have watched my TikTok videos, um, this is the location I started my TikTok readings on as well. And there's a, uh, a hill on the side that has a grotto. It's very significant for the Virgin Mary and the Mary Magdalene figures, which we'll get into a little bit in this episode as well. It's going to be a really good one for you guys. I'm excited. Um, and uh, anyway, so I, I kind of sat through that, that, that mass and um, in this really old place, this old church that has a lot of history to it. And I could feel a lot of energy while I was in there. I got into a really, really kind of deep meditative state. And all the way through up until the very end of the mass i had kind of an odd experience and again i'll, I'll explain that later too because it kind of uh, is the main message coming through for us today and i want to get into it in a little more depth 
But before we do that, uh, I want to set the energy a little bit here. Even though we're out at San Xavier, I want to still uh, kind of remain a little consistent and pull something out of our Buddha book that sounded weird when I put this in front of me. Um, so I'm going to intuitively pull a page from the Buddha book for us here. Give me one second. Four. It's on page 152. Page 153. Page 152 says, Stirred up for me shall unsluggish energy become. Called up unmuddled mindfulness. Calm and serene my body, not turbulent. Concentrated my mind and one-pointed. One more time. Stirred up for me shall unsluggish energy become. Called up unmuddled mindfulness. Calm and serene my body, not turbulent. Concentrated my mind and one-pointed. So... I'm getting kind of, um, this is definitely an energy that I'm picking up right now. This is very, very on, on point uh, in terms of uh, a kind of kernel or crystallizing the energy, the general energy right now. And you may be feeling this as well, but um, a lot of the sluggish energy that you've been feeling has been part of kind of a healing process, a release process that you've been going through uh, kind of all the way up until this last full moon I'm getting, uh, this last full wolf moon that was in Cancer. So if you're a Cancer sign, it's very significant for you. You probably felt it very deeply. If you have any questions on why you may have been ask, acting more wolf-like during that night or those couple of days, um, that's why, right? Because it was a necessity for you to tap into your primal rage, your primal anger for some reason. But it's also, uh, I think, well, speaking to this reason, because there's, there's a sluggishness that you needed to release, right? Um, a, a weight that uh, the only way you could kind of get past is by, you know, finding passion again. And uh, sometimes when we are passionless, the only passion that we can really feel is like those more low vibration ones and it doesn't mean they're bad it just means that's the tool that's necessary for the time being so that we can realign with ourselves right um this is a very important message that's been coming through for the last couple of days at 644 on the video clock right now that um it's really necessary during these times for you to recognize the parts of yourself that you may not be comfortable with and to embrace those um, so what does that mean? Well, if you like on a full moon or something like that, if one day you notice that you're really kind of aggressive or, or more kind of like falling into old habits that you, like, like you used to, if you notice that happening, the last thing you want to do is attack yourself because the reason it's happening is to kind of show you that you are um, giving you the opportunity to recognize your healing and you're stronger in all of these ways, right? So um, I'm, I'm getting that uh, with this... It's kind of uncomfortable energy. It's there to um, kind of usher up the unsluggish energy. Stirred up for me shall unsluggish energy become. Right. And the next line called up unmuddled mindfulness. And this is why um, a lot of this the shadow work has been going on is to kind of clear all of these old thoughts and these intrusive thoughts and this bad behavior and this, this self-harmful behavior kind of, even if it's just the way you think about yourself or talk to yourself, it's clearing that out, right? So that you can have kind of unmuddled mindfulness so that you can be present in the state that you currently are in, right? Um, and that's that's a very, uh, that's kind of the, the, the flow state, the place that you want to kind of tr constantly try to return to, right? Uh, and then the next part, it says, calm and serene body, not turbulent. So as you get to that place, you'll notice that the pain and the shakes and the trembling that you notice in your body at times and the anxiety, the way it manifests inside your body, those will release as well in tandem as you go through this process, right? So um, make sure that you're focusing on the purpose of this pain. When 
you're feeling pain, especially physical pain, right? Um, and then finally concentrated my mind in one pointed. So all of this kind of culminating in you being a pointed, well-defined thing, uh, your mind being able to navigate and uh, define the world in the way that you need to, that you need to individually, right? So beautiful message to start out there. Again, that's page 152855 on the clock. Uh, the next page, this is page 153. It goes, I have gone round in vain the cycles of many lives, ever striving to find the builder of the house of life that must die. But now I have seen thee, house builder, nevermore shalt thou, shalt thou build this house. The rafters of sin are broken, the ridgepole of ignorance is destroyed, the fever of craving is past, my mortal mind is gone to the joy of nirvana. Oh, that's one of my favorite passages. I think I've read it once before, but it's been a long time. Let's read it one more time. I've gone round in vain the cycles of many lives, ever stirring to find the builder of the house of life that must die. But now I've seen thee, house builder. Nevermore shalt thou build this house. The rafters of sin are broken, the rich pole of ignorance is destroyed. The fever of craving is past, for my mortal mind is gone to the joy of nirvana. 959, it's beautiful. So this one's hard to interpret, right? And I find myself searching as I read it because I, there's a lot of depth to it. And I feel like there's a little bit of kind of an obvious um, uh, meaning to it on the surface, but it's hard to enunciate. But I feel like there's the part where it's confusing is when it says, uh, ever striving to find the house builder of life that must die. Who's the house builder of life that must die? I don't, I think what it's speaking to here, and this is completely intuitive because I, this is an odd way I'm getting it, but I'm seeing this as kind of the structures that are in this world that we take as kind of solid houses or places of kind of consolment uh, in this world because there's a structure they offer us, right? Um, it's odd being at this church right now. Hold on one second. So, uh, guys, I'm re uh, I'm back. I had to switch the camera angle because I had some issues um, with the camera overheating. So now it's in a different angle. Sorry, I'm not going to have a live shot of the mission, but at least you got a little bit of it there at the beginning. I'm going to give you some other angles here at different points, too. So I'm going to walk around the hill again and kind of talk to you while I'm going around there. Um, forgive the mic quality change when I do that because I don't have a portable mic yet. So I'm going to do the first part of the podcast in here with you guys. And then the second part, I'm going to go walk you around kind of the hill, show you the grotto try to do some channeled energies and see what comes out of it um, and also explain what else that I've had happen to me today because it's been pretty interesting so let's continue on I think I was on page 153 um, there's a really interesting passage uh, and just to get us uh, caught back up um, I was kind of trying to figure out uh, who is the builder of the house of life that must die you know and I was seeing it more as like the structures uh, that we've created that control us or make us feel unfree right um Anybody that would say life has to be a certain way, anything that says you have to do it this way, um, this is this is kind of what I see as like the, the the house builder that needs to die, right? But I I also feel like it, there's multiple interpretations. Like this, for some reason, I feel like this refers to God, but I think that it, if I'm going from that perspective, it's almost trying to explain uh, the idea that God is an external to you, that there's a necessity to unseat your idea of God outside of you, so that you can truly talk. 
uh, with God or source or whatever you want to call it, right? You don't have to call it God. Hold on one second, I'm going to adjust my mic here. Um, and that's kind of a, a big part of the awakening process so you can recognize who you are truly because it's a part of that, if you're a part of that, right? Um, it says the rafters of sin are broken. And I don't think this means what people would usually assume it means. It doesn't mean that you're sinless. Uh, it's more kind of identifying that you have broken through the idea of sin. Let me adjust this real quick. Um, you have broken through the idea of sin internally so that you no longer, you know, I think it's flatulate, but like kind of so whip yourself. I don't know if that's the right word. That, that doesn't sound like the right word. It sounds more like farting or something. But there's self, uh, self-whipping self is the idea that I'm trying to explain here, guys, which is way out of context if that's the word that I use. Um, but yes, there's this way in which sin, the idea of sin, when you apply it to yourself uh, in a specific context, you will... Uh, tend down this path of self-abuse internally and this is a recognition that's necessary only after you recognize kind of the external things that are controlling you making you feel unfree just by saying it saying it out loud this makes me feel bad this person place thing or uh, situation made me feel bad in this way and i deserve to say that out loud so that i can recognize and vindicate it for myself especially in a world that tends to ignore and and leave you in a in a helpless kind of voiceless state uh, this is kind of the energy that i've been meditating on for this whole week and i feel like it's it came through an odd message today while i was in church um because as i've explained before i am baptized catholic and i've been uh practicing that for quite a while but i'm i i I don't uh, like to keep myself in a box, right? So um, I believe in a lot of different religions. I believe all religions are true. They're kernels of the truth. And in order to understand God more fully, we need to understand all of them, in some ways practice all of them, right? So that's why I wear a tree of life into a Catholic church. But (laughs) um, the idea is that uh, we are letting go of these things. This world that we're making, we're creating, we're moving into is necessary for us to let go of these uh, external structures that are controlling us. And the way we let go of them is through just recognizing how they're making us feel. This can be trivial sometimes. Uh, in the cases that I've experienced this week, it's kind of in, in, in recognizing that I have a certain amount of unfreedom in terms of the way that I experience kind of um, solving problems in the modern day. It's very hard to get any help, essentially, regardless of the product or what your service is. It's exceedingly hard to find help and just remedying simple problems nowadays because it seems like um, it feels like there's a manipulative process to kind of redirect you away Um, there's this and I feel like a lot of people are picking up on this in their own way so it doesn't have to be specifically with businesses or companies or products but it's like there's this tendency for us to ignore the problem or ignore the complaint and act like we're helping but not do anything about it you know what I mean it's hyper manipulative and it's kind of so deeply seated in our society that there's a necessity for us to heal that and I think that this that's partially what's coming through in this message, or at least that's what I'm interpreting from this right now, because I feel like I'm reading it a little differently than most people would. But um, the fever of craving is passed, for my mortal mind is gone to the joy of nirvana. And I see this as kind of breaking free, or feeling free, uh, joining with the universe, recognizing your true nature, recognizing that you are magic, this world is magic, and that your dreams are already yours. You just have to accept them. Right? Um, all of this coming through really, really nicely at the beginning of the podcast here, guys. So, um, Without uh, any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and start to go into a little bit of the history of the place because I think it's quite interesting. So, um, like I said, Mission San Xavier del Blanc was uh, it was originally constructed, I believe, in 1692. It was founded in 1692 by Padre uh, Eusebio Kino, 
in the center of a centuries-old settlement of the uh, Sobai Puri Odom, a branch of the Akamel or River Odom, located along the banks of the Santa Cruz River. So this is a local indigenous Native American tribe here in the region. Um, and one of the really fascinating things about this church is that, uh, especially sitting through a mass or a service today, is this, um, through the hundreds of years that this church has been here, this mission has been here, um, the local population, the indigenous population, and kind of um, initially the Spanish and then the, the kind of um, rows of different people that took over control of this as it went through history, um, there is a there's kind of this uh, melting pot effect. There's this uh, mixing of the cultures that has taken place over this, uh, you know, let's say 500 years at the very least, um, that you can witness when you sit through a service. Uh, for a good example, because uh, because I'm fairly familiar with how a traditional Catholic mass goes, I noticed at certain points in this that they had incorporated ideas from the religious uh, ideas from the Native American tribe in this region into kind of the service in very, very beautiful ways. And, it, and there was this kind of dynamism that came through in the message of kind of Mother Earth energy and, and, and the spirit of the animals and connecting with this uh, collective um, consciousness mixed with a very traditional Catholic message, right? And it's very beautiful to see that dynamism, that kind of uh, contrast, I think is the best way to describe it, that contrast in this world, because this world tech is kind of black and white a lot of the time. It looks that way, and it's very depressing when it's that way, because the beauty's in the gradient. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, really beautiful. Uh, and you can see that there's a way in which over centuries our enemies become our friends our friends become our enemies like this this everything changes um and a place that i believe initially by the locals um the native americans that called this home when the spanish came here and established the mission initially uh, i'm sure viewed it or from what i understand viewed it as a very kind of intrusive thing in the local area um kind of like in, in, intruders in their native land in your home but as time goes on and as a, a, a myriad of different um, back and forth happen between the locals and the Spanish and this uh, and the Native American population I mean you have this uh, mixing that takes place and it's absolutely gorgeous and I think that there's something in that message coming through for the collective for all of us uh, in the world today right that um, this is what's necessary this is what we're being called to uh, in all of our specific own way we have this like there's this way in which I believe a lot of us are thirsty for a, a, a purpose a deep purpose so what the modern world is starved of is this purpose um, because it's been kind of carved out slowly over time I think it both intentionally and unintentionally right just first and second order effects over um, decades and decades and centuries even uh, to where we've come to this point where the human being no longer feels like its purpose is being actualized on a mass scale. And I believe that's part of the awakening process happening because it speaks to all of the examples that we have in our world that are obviously great and grand and impressive, not being enough to fulfill whatever that purpose is we're speaking of, whatever that purpose is we're talking about, right? And I think that that's coming through so that we all recognize that where we are in the world right now, um, the place you're in, regardless of what you're doing, is exactly where you're supposed to be. 
this came through in a message on uh, yesterday too, right? But um, that wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, if you feel passion about that, if you feel inspired doing that, that's where you're supposed to be. And we need you there, right? We need people in all of these different organizations and structures so that we can start to reflect in those structures what those re structures should reflect to us, right? Uh, and in that, people, you know, um, people learn through those structures how to treat us, each other, as well as through kind of these other lessons that we learn through life, I think, right? The universe teaches you these fundamental truths, but you learn them as well or more readily if we set up a society that kind of mirrors them in the structures that we have, the businesses that we create, the, the media that we consume, the food that we produce like all of these things should mirror what we want to see at a spiritual level as well kind of what we want to see as a collective like the ideals that we see come through in all of these beautiful movies that you know don't make us feel bad when we watch them um, i think that's partially why there's so much nasty content coming through uh especially the last couple years i don't know about you guys but that's one of the struggles i've been having the last couple years it's a very significant struggle of mine hold on one second um, because I feel really thirsty for content that doesn't make me feel bad. And when you rate content versus how it makes you feel, you'll discover that there's very little content out there that doesn't make you in some way feel bad. Like it'll make you think about a bad memory, or it'll make you think about a bad situation, or it'll make you scared, or it'll make you fearful, or it'll make you jealous, or it'll make you bitter, or it'll make you... <laughs> All of these things, you can find it anywhere on any of the streaming platforms. And it's like, oh, wow, if you just want to get more angry and more bitter and more resentful and all of these things, just, yeah, there's tons of content. It's amazing. It's also just hyper everything, hyper violent, hyper sexual, hyper gore, hyper, you know, hyper, you know, uh, kind of degrading. Not just to the people that are in these shows and the message that's coming from them, the people that watch them because it degrades the soul as you do it. You can feel that that's that feeling you're having, which then you have to ask yourself, what is going on in this world? How turned off do we have to be? How tuned off do we have to be for us to not recognize how this makes us feel? And for that to be the most popular thing to watch, there's different shows, and I, I don't mean to be hypercritical, but there's a couple different shows that I watched recently that I watched with really good intentions. But the message or like the point that they came to was so kind of dark and un unnecessary. It felt like, not that I'm a, 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 a stranger to darkness by any means, right? Or can see the beauty in it. But that's a di there's a difference between that having a practical purpose and that being out of place, which is what it seems like in most of this content. We have this this hyper intense, whatever it is, and all content today that is just there to grab the attention regardless of the effect it has on the psyche or the physical body or the spiritual body. And so we just pump it out there and then we consume it blindly because honestly we're starved for anything else and when you try to find anything else it's very hard to fill that void initially the more you consume this content the more you can you think in these ways these 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 kind of doom mindset ways towards the earth the more the earth reflects that back to you the more the world becomes a hell and the more it becomes more depressing so i ask again why is it everywhere if we want to fix the world, if we want to help people, if we want to make people feel good, why do we show them nothing but bad? 
And then the, the answer is obvious. It's not like a mystery. It's money. <laughs> right? And greed and all of these low vibration energies that have been raised up in our society at a grand scale as false idols. We've taken greed and made it into a principle we, we, we idolize in an economic sense. If you say we don't, then why do we reward the most greedy with more? Right? That's one of the incentives built into the economic system. The more you get, the more dominant you are, the more, the more, and it's a good, there's good things to this, right? That's usually what we focus on. I don't think we have to repeat those. Yeah, when you have a hyper-competitive dominant system, the most competitive things rise to the top. Not the best, the most competitive. <laughs> and that's something we've confused for a very long time. There's a lot of people that still think this is the only way to go about doing things, and it's mostly the people that benefit from the system because they're hyper-competitive and somewhat shut off emotionally, usually traumatized. So they hyper-focus on money and consumption, consuming, and then produce content that makes everybody else in the world feel exactly the same way as they do. Don't play into that. Because the way that we change this is by each individual person, you, whoever's listening to this, all of you listening to this, for you to recognize every time anything makes you feel bad. And what kind of bad? Specifically, because there's a reason you feel that kind of bad, that specific kind of or depressed or angry or vengeful. You don't feel those, those emotions for no reason. When else do you feel, uh, let's, let's like take a context, uh, give you a context a little bit. So like, let's say you um, get skimmed, you know, you buy a product online. And this happens to a lot of people nowadays. You, you use these stores like Alibaba and things like that. You go onto one of these sites and you order a product from, you know, some location you're not sure of and you don't get the product and you have no recourse for getting the product back. You lose your money. There's many, many cases of this, right? Because there's no recourse. There's no way of, of kind of responding in that case. And many would argue that most of these sources, these companies that are producing these products are small-time companies that are producing cheap products that don't have the resources to provide proper customer service, partially because the business model is based on the product being so bad that if it were to offer customer service, it would make the product not viable <laughs> economically, right? So we have a large amount of products in the United States today, a growing amount of them, which are produced based on the assumption that it would be cheaper to produce it as a cheap product that you assume a certain amount of people are going to have broken or break while they have it and to not provide customer service in that in that in that process so that the because it's too expensive and this is just a reality of kind of inflation i think as well i'm not necessarily trying to be hypercritical of all businesses either i'm just trying to get us to think about what this situation what this current economy what what uh the way we've structured all of these organizations, how they make you feel. Because from what I can tell, most of them that I engage with, almost all of them make me feel bad. Like really bad. And then they're the most successful companies and organizations in the world. Why? I don't know. But I think it's something in the message coming through today, guys, because I'm going to get a little bit into like some of the weird synchronicities that happened to me. So I went to church, wasn't planning on going to church, like I explained earlier in the episode. 
went in, sat through it, and got to this point in the sermon where, I, like I said, I was having a really good experience, and then all of a sudden, the priest stops and he says, at the end, towards the end of the sermon, he says, I guess we're going to have to talk about rules. And this is kind of an old school church, so it made, I thought, he, I knew it was going to be a little stricter. He says, this is time to talk about rules. And he starts going over what's the proper way to receive the Eucharist, which is um, the representation of the body of Christ in the Catholic faith. You receive it as the uh, kind of a reenactment of the Last Supper during each Mass, right? There's a certain certain kind of way you're supposed to go about this. In the Catholic faith, you go through a, a process of confirmation and First Holy Communion so that you are uh, aware of this. Now, many people, I think, coming to this mission may, may not have gone through those processes, may not be confirmed, and so they go into these masses and, and want to participate, which I think is an amazing thing, right? So this priest continues on and starts to criticize. He says, this is the way, and he does it in a somewhat tasteful way, but kind of an aggressive way too, somewhat like scolding. So it's like, the way you receive is this way, you're supposed to do this, not that, right? And I remember something hit me, I got angry, really angry while I was sitting there. And I was searching through myself, trying to figure out what the anger was. And I recognized there a really strong voice come through and it said something like, there's no wrong way to receive Christ. And it said it exactly like that. And it said it so loud, it made me want to scream it in the middle of the church. How dare you shame people for making the choice to receive something like that energy. That is exactly what I'm talking about. That kind of corruption, that kind of manipulation, that kind of control, that kind of rot, because that's what it is, rot, human rot. What we need is people like the people that chose to go in there that may have not been familiar with the process, that may have been nervous to go into a place that has such strict rules to actually attempt to accept something like the energy of Christ into them that day. For you as a priest, somebody who leads them to criticize them and, and build that fear, what the fuck do you think you're doing? not representing that energy that's for fucking sure and there's a lot of people in this world that do that in a non-religious way they shame and scold and direct people to act emotionally and in ways that will harm them because they want to have a reflection of the way they feel inside which is broken and hurt and sad and depressed the people that do this are the ones that fill their lives with nothing but things and nothing but money and nothing but excess. Yet those same people will have so much advice for you. And I want to clarify something here because there are so many people in this world that have a lot, a lot of money, a lot of abundance, a lot of everything, and they have done everything to deserve it. I'm not trying to take anything away from anybody. The work you've done you deserve the fruits of that labor, including the people I'm talking about. What I'm criticizing is the way you use your abundance. You shame the work you did by using it this way to criticize other people's work or attempt to get to where you are. Instead of encouraging that, you push them down through manipulation, to creating content that will keep them depressed and sad, knowing full well that the way that they get out of that is through recognizing their own power and saying it out loud. 
So what do you tell them to do? Hide. Say it inside of your head. Don't ever say it out loud. And then say a prayer to something that's outside of yourself so you never give yourself forgiveness. That's manipulation. And I guess it deserves to be called out, which is, I guess, why I'm making this podcast. Because it's not just the priest in that church that did that today that deserves to be called out. It's every single person in a position of power in any organization, anywhere, that has done a similar process to anybody. You're not leading anybody. You're not helping anybody. What we need is for you to recognize your truth. We don't need anything changed. We don't need people to go away. We don't need to get angry. We don't need to get violent. What we need is to have a message that actually reaches those people, that actually helps them hear, because it's the truth. I don't want to harm you. I don't want to take anything away from you by criticizing this. Anybody in a position of power. I'm saying this so that you can lead. You can stop doing the things that are truly holding us back as a species. This is not a zero-sum game. It has never been one. It's a lie. You have the entire universe in your hands, in the palm of your hands. It's proven to you that it's not a zero-sum game because you know there's perpetually more out there to get. You feel that thirst every day when you go search for it. So why don't you stop when you have all of this? Why don't you flip that and focus on getting everybody to realize that version of themselves? Not by making them get there, not by pushing them there, by inspiring them through your story, through your speech, through your truth. God damn. (laughs) I guess I got some stuff to say today. So let me explain some of this to you guys. So I, I get out of church. I was trying to, I guess I keep on ranting <laughs> like a madman in here. Um, I hope you guys understand what I'm saying. Whoever's listening to this, because I feel like I'm speaking to people that hold power. And if I am, I hope you know I'm not doing this and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to you. You're a human being. You're where you are for a reason. I would never question that. I believe in where you're at. I just want you to act like who you are. Not some scared thing that tries to perpetually get more, that tries to take from other people, that that manipulates and uses the system. You're in that position of power and you see those holes in the system not to use them for your benefit so you can call them the fuck out. So you can fix them. Like all of us, wherever you're at, whether you're a billionaire or you're somebody that lives on the streets, I don't care who you are, you're there for a reason. You're there to recognize something and to hold a frequency there and to be what this world needs. What did you need? What did you need when you were coming to where you are now? Be that for everybody. Be nothing but that. But support and encouragement and love and unconditional love. No, no conditions. Pure truth. Pure this is me. This is how I feel. Always. You do this, you do that. You hurt me, you don't hurt me. I don't care. It doesn't matter or affect how I feel. It simply matters and it just simply changes the way I act in the world. Practically. I came out of church and I was looking, sitting here, for a space to to film. I found the mission spot right here where I could kind of get a shot of the mission and I went to look for something to clean the window because I didn't want to have like spots in the window. 
I went through the center console, and right under the space where I had found the masks to go inside of the church, there was this. Let's see if I can get you guys a little shot of it. And on the back side, it has a picture of Pope John Paul II, I believe it is. And immediately, because this is my uh, my parents' car, um, they're, they're basically, they've lent it to me, borrowed, uh, given it to me, which is very generous of them because I'm in a very bad spot vehicle-wise. Um, I have the most generous parents in the world, by the way. That's a very big, big out of the way, but I just feel compelled to thank them in this moment. Thank you. Um, but this um, is a pendant that has Our Lady of, I think it's pronounced Shestashoa. It's a, it's a Eastern European word. It, it sounds like Czech or, or, or um, you know, some kind of Eastern dialect. Uh, I looked into this, and what this actually is, is a representation, it's very common in the world, of uh, what's called, um, I can't remember the name of it now. Let's see if I can find it. The Black um, Maria or the it's it's essentially a depiction of the virgin mary typically that is black right that it's usually painted black there's a couple of different depictions on why this is but this i found this out of nowhere right and it was really odd to me because here and i'll show you here in a minute when i take a walk outside and show you the spot in the grotto but this is a spot where there's been a visitation of the holy mother um, in, a, in a grotto and i went down this rabbit hole earlier that i'll, I'll wish I would have captured for you, but I was talking to my mom on the phone describing it. We we're both kind of having these realizations like, whoa, it's one thing after another, you know, numerology synchronicities and finding this and then finding synchronicities based on other research that I've done that I'm going to go into more deeply for you here soon. But basically, we're at a spot that is very significant for this figure. And I have no idea why I would find this at this specific time. I've gone through that center console so many times. It's a synchronicity. It's a representation of something that's talking through, you know, this message right now. It's trying to get a message through. And I think that message is something kind of relating to what I've already been talking about, about a truth that isn't being spoken in the world because it feels like it's coming from the Maria or the Magdalene. Miriam. And the, the the divine mother you know but it's this it's very very important to place it in the context for some reason right now of the catholic faith and the representation of mary in the catholic faith and it's very important to understand that there's two different depictions of mary two different people that lived as mary in the bible during the time jesus lived one being mary the mother of jesus the virgin mother and one being mary magdalene the apostle of jesus right which technically isn't even recognized as an apostle in the modern day Catholic faith. It was part of the, uh, Magdalene was purportedly, this is the theory, but this is something that I believe, right? The Magdalene is a very big part of the Christian story that was and has been lost to time. It's debatable about whether that was intentional or non-intentional, but it seems very hard to not recognize uh, how many people um, physically tried to delete this text and this proof of the divinity of the Magdalene throughout history. 
Not only that, but there's many movies and, and stories in popular culture that tap into this in a fictional way that I believe are there as clues or maps to the actual truth, similar to the way that science fiction functions in manifesting new technology in our reality. Uh, think the communicator in, sci in, in Star Trek and the cell phone, right? It's the bootloader for that similar thing happening, right? Um, in our stories, we have this kind of gestation happening. And I believe that what's what the Magdalene is coming through to speak of is this, it's a very strong energy coming through globally right now because the Magdalene in general has been denied or forgotten over time or over, over a very long period of time. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar with the story of the Magdalene, like I said, she was initially in the Bible, the Bible that you can read today, the King James Version, she, it's told as she was a prostitute that Jesus came upon and uh, had, had pity on, essentially, right? And that she followed Jesus um, like an apostle, but was never officially recognized as one, essentially. She was very close to him, but in the Bible, it doesn't go into her being a very significant figure. She almost never speaks in the Bible. There's almost no written parts for Mary Magdalene in the Bible, which is very confusing when you go and read older versions of the Bible, the Gnostic versions uh, specifically, and I believe the Cathar version, of the, which were the original followers, if I'm not mistaken from what I read earlier today, of Mary Magdalene after Jesus died, basically the first Christians, right? So that one of the biggest secrets in human history is the true identity of Mary Magdalene and her relevance to Jesus. And many of you may have already been familiar with this because it's going around quite a bit right now, but it's because this energy is coming alive. The truth is about to come out. And the truth is, I believe that Mary Magdalene and Jesus were two parts of the same energy. In order to manifest something as large as the God, God in one place, you have to recognize that God isn't male or female. It's not masculine or feminine, but it's still, there's a necessity if you're going to manifest that energy in a specific place for it to be um, expressed fully. And you can't fully express it in one person because the person has to be either physically male or female, right? So in order to get around this problem, I believed the Savior was manifested in both a male and female form. And many people, I believe, are coming to this. So that the Magdalene was the other half of Jesus. And the reason that the Magdalene was deleted was something like the Magdalene attaches to, and many of you that are going through the awakening process will already recognize this, the Mother Earth energy or Gaia energy, or essentially the energy that enables magic. It's, it's the feminine energy that creates the magic world, right? It, it's, 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 it's all of this... Um, It's this natural chaos and organization. It's this balance. It's this, it's this um, miraculous quality that seems ever present in every moment, that there's this, this possibility of miraculousness. It's, it's like a stunning quality to experience, right? And there's something that I believe the Magdalene was there to represent. It was a part of the message that was there to uplift individuals. Uh, and it was, it was in tandem with Jesus. I believe part of the reason this is confused, 3311 on the clock, is because the message of Jesus was also manipulated and confused at some point as well into not like intentionally, I believe people, we 
I slowly misunderstood this. Maybe we were led down that way at some point, but we slowly lost the true meaning of his teachings and started to worship Jesus as the idol. And you can hear this in many of the more Protestant modern day Christian religions because the term Jesus has become a verb, a noun, a subject. I mean, a, 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 you know, it's a, you know, I'm being silly, but it is like it's, it's overused in a way that is kind of almost disturbing because there's something built into the message present in even some of the earliest Old Commandment stories like that of Moses coming off of the mountain with the Ten Commandments, seeing the Israelites worshiping a golden calf and smashing the tablets in front of them, criticizing them for having any idol outside themselves. This not being because God is a jealous thing, it being a practical problem. Because if you all start doing that, you're giving your power to something outside of yourself and you no longer have it. You're no longer magic. You gave it away to a golden thing. And so the message of Jesus was the same message. Do not worship me. Do not worship me. Follow me. Be like me in your own version. Do not worship me. And what did we do? We turned it into a freaking necklace. And worshipped it. And the, the Christ was never meant to be that. It was the example. And that message is still present in the modern day text, but it's literally like the most confusing thing is you'll hear somebody say, you know, like that, and then they'll also like praise Jesus. Okay, guys, so I'm back again. Sorry, this is another camera now um, <laughs> because the other one died and I don't have too much more battery on my laptop here either. So, um, but I wanted to continue on because I was really feeling kind of the energy of that last reading or the part that we were getting into. But what I was trying to get to, and maybe there was a point to stop because I was getting pretty worked up, um, is that we need kind of this, this shakeup of the uh, organizations and structures and the, 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 the uh, way that we think about treating people inside of those and the way we go about producing uh, products uh, for consumers, uh, the way that we uh, create our um, social safety nets, right? Um, the way that we structure the government so that it's effective. One of the most frustrating things in the world is to be on something like food stamps that I've been on for quite a while, right? While well, I've been going through all of this process of trying to set something up on myself by myself, and I don't make very much money, and it's incredibly frustrating to to see how hard it is to not only take advantage of some of those tools, but then to, to, to not be, uh, to experience kind of constant interruptions uh, that really affect your life, where you have to constantly go back and, and um, do things over again because it wasn't properly done. For instance, I've gone to um, the Arizona kind of um, uh, Department of Arizona to get my food stamps fixed a couple of different times and I've had multiple times the thing that I had asked to be done by a, you know, an actual person just not done that affected me where I lost my benefit right and this is out of my control so these are examples of where the motivation for me to speak this is coming from because I'm, I'm genuinely not just talking about um, like corporations and this I'm talking about like everything that has a structure to it that we've created which is pretty much everything and very specifically our government has gotten so inefficient as part of the criticism of uh, most conservatives of government is this size problem and this inability if you kind of allow the government to grow without 
kind of oversight or very pure intentions internally that can direct how you interact with people, um, people become very quickly numbers, you know, these citizens that have rights and, and have kind of um, emotions and feelings and all of this kind of go by the wayside and you very quickly feel like a number or a cog inside of a machine whenever you try to take advantage or work inside of this system, right? So it's, it's very frustrating for people, I think, um, when they're trying to help themselves and they're trying to do the right thing and they have this kind of, um, these interruptions in their life that could be remedied simply by people treating other people correctly, you know? And I, I feel like I'm kind of preaching today and I'm sorry if it's coming off as too much for anybody, but I hope it's reinvigorating for you because that's the point of it, uh, is that I feel like for you and the message that's coming through with kind of the Magdalene energy is that there's this energy is here and, and wants to speak to you because there's some version of this inside that you feel that you feel like you're not allowed to say. Because the world tells you it's wrong to feel this way about, about the world. And I'm here to kind of show you that there's a way that you can express that and that it's not wrong to feel or express how you felt in this world. The ways in which this world has treated you that has made you feel unfree. Right? And it's so specific to every individual. Everybody has their own version of this, truly. I believe that. We have a lack of, there's a lack of compassion for especially people that we see as monetarily well off. But there's so many struggles that you can't, you don't consider at every end of the spectrum. Every human being that's here has an incredible amount of pain and trauma that all you have to do to recognize that is ask one person, anybody, it doesn't matter who it is, ask them what they've been through. And I guarantee you, it will humble you. Every time, every time, if you think you've been through something, go ask somebody else what they've been through. It'll always humble you because everybody's experience and pain is very, very, very specific because it's necessary for their growth and their purpose, right? And all of us are being asked to recognize that part of us that we've denied. The Magdalene is the thing that was denied and it's coming through to tell you, stop denying me inside of you, please recognize this side of you that you think is horrible and twisted and recognize it has a purpose. I'm trying to show you something. I'm trying to show you that there's all of this that can come out of you, this creativity and this passion when you let the, let yourself be free. When you express yourself truly and fully and recognize that you're not different than anybody else. You're not abnormal. You never were. Nobody ever was. Every single thought that anybody's ever had was normal. It was there for a reason. It was there to learn, to grow, to expand. And the ways in which we respond to those are what define the way the world has unfolded. But we blame ourselves for having minds that could create ideas that make us feel bad. And so we torture ourselves and hide away the sinful things. We go into places of worship and get told that's what we are. And the only way that we can have retribution is to go ask for forgiveness for something outside of ourselves. And I'm here to tell you, whoever you are, you don't need that. Absolution is here. Mary Magdalene is here with you and she is, she wants you to let that go. She wants you to let that go. There's so much more to the Mary Magdalene energy. It's so important and critical to the time frame we are in right now, folks. 
there's going to be so much more unfolding, 344 on the clock, in the next couple years, I think, around this subject that is really going to change the way we perceive the world. I truly believe the magic is real. I believe it's going to be a reality in ways that you haven't recognized and I haven't recognized yet in our lifetime. It's already started to show itself as such to me in weird ways that really, really have thrown me for a loop in the last couple of weeks, at the very least. So, embrace that side of yourself that you deny. If you don't feel like it's there, ask yourself why you aren't passionate. Ask yourself why you don't feel like you. And if you ask your guides, you say, hey, I don't know where this is at, where this part of me is. Can you help show me? Gently, please. <laughs> You'll get what you're asking for. I'll show you. You'll show you. Because you're giving yourself permission to. As you always should. You deserve forgiveness. Everybody deserves forgiveness. And one of the things we're doing as a species at a global level is recognizing and learning forgiveness from Mary Magdalene herself, the other half of Jesus. That's beautiful. So, with that, guys, um, I will go around and walk and, and show you some of this over here and get a little bit of a snippet. And if it's good enough, I'll put it in here. If not, this will be the end of the episode. But um, I really am glad that you came and listened. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this version of the uh, Unfounded Podcast out here at San Xavier Mission in Tucson, Arizona. Um, please, if you like the podcast, like, share, subscribe it with somebody that you think it would benefit. Um, the reason I'm saying these things is because I believe it's things that it's messages that are for the general collective that I hope other people resonate with, right? Because they're my truth, at least my version of it. And I truly believe in this process. So I'm spreading it so that I see other versions of it. You know, I see your version of it and every other person's version of it in the world. Cause I think that's what we need. So I hope you appreciate that. And I hope uh, you're on board with that message at the very least. So, um, also check out my TikTok uh, at Chris the Sage. It's T H A Sage. Um, got a lot of content every day coming out there for you guys as well. And I'm still working a little bit on getting my Facebook and Instagram and YouTube caught up. But at some point in the near future, I'll have kind of all the social media platforms caught up to a level where you can engage with any of them. So, um, that being said, I want to thank you guys for holding, bearing with me through all of the different angle changes and camera changes. I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of editing I got to get through to make sure that this doesn't look too crazy different uh, between transitions, but um, everything's always meant to happen the way it unfolds, right? So there's some meaning to it, and I think, uh, I'm sure, we'll see uh, after the fact. So I'm going to stop talking, and I will talk to you all very soon. Lots of love. Bye-bye.